Hello, I'm Becky Hadid, host of the Storied Recipe podcast, and welcome to a very unusual episode of the podcast. I'm going to just check real quickly that I'm recording audio. Yeah, it looks great. So this is a really unusual episode of the podcast in three ways. One, I'm recording this by video, which I've never done before. I would eventually like to do a lot more of these, but that's not in the short-term goals. Um, This is also unusual in that I do not have a guest. This is going to be a completely solo episode. That is not something that I plan to do on a regular basis, although I have a couple planned in 2022. And third, this is not an episode that is about food. There's only one little tiny mention of food in this episode, and you'll Let's see if you can find it. (laughs) Um, This is, however, an episode about tradition and about story that is deeply meaningful to me. So um, a little background. If you listen to the most recent episode, which is, I think, actually a perfect holiday episode um, with my friends Robert and Lisa Stewart. The episode is about a family of immigrants that got together every year and made an old British classic, a steamed Christmas pudding. They used old sheets, a lot of booze. They shared a lot of laughter. And um, the episode is poignant and it's nostalgic. And most meaningful to me, as I mentioned, It's actually an interview with friends of mine who are very near, very dear, but live across the world in Japan. And so I only get to see them every so often. And that's part of, I think, the holiday feeling for me. It was an amazing opportunity to catch up with old friends. Well, in the end of that episode, I mentioned that Robert actually gave me this tradition um, 25 years ago, and he didn't even remember it. But... He told me once when I was a teenager that every Christmas, his mother would memorize the Christmas story according to the Gospel of Luke, and she would recite it to them as children every Christmas morning. And I still remember the moment he told me that and just thinking, that is so beautiful. I would love to do that with my children. The next year, I didn't have children. I was uh, home from Japan. I was in college, and I was too busy to Christmas shop, too busy to bake. Um, I wasn't going to a lot of Christmas parties, but I memorized the Christmas story. And it was a deeply meaningful season to me because of that. And every year since then, well, I haven't done this every year, but every year that I have done this, the words, and it's hard to understand how this can be, The words become more surprising and more exciting, more beautiful and more joyful every time I memorize them. Every year I'm amazed again by this story. And uh, this has always been a very personal tradition. I haven't shared it with very many people at all, only a few close family members. But this year, as I was memorizing it, I just felt compelled, like, this is just such a beautiful story. Um, It's a story in its own context. There's things that are um, out of time and and things that we may find a little hard to relate to, but at the same time, the characters are so relatable. And I ultimately believe, as crazy as it may sound, I ultimately believe that this story is true 
And that is why it gives me meaning and joy and peace. And I wanted to share that with you today. If there's anything I would love to give you, it would be meaning, joy, and peace, and a knowledge that God really loves us. God loves me. I wanted to share that with you. So I thought I would share these words. This is the Christmas story, according to the Gospel of Luke. And Luke begins by talking about why he wrote the story and who he wrote it to. It was a letter. And this is what Luke says. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that were fulfilled among us and handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated all of these matters, I too decided to draw up an account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. And then this is the account. And I know I'm going to make a mistake, but I've promised myself I'm going to do this in one shot. (laughs) I'll make several mistakes. Here we go. This is the account. He says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. They were both righteous in the sight of God, obeying all the commandments and decrees of the Lord blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple and burn incense to the Lord. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were outside praying. Then, an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah standing at the right-hand side of the temple of, inc- of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will give birth to a son. You are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice at the news of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of God. He is never to take any wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit since even before his birth. He will bring many of the people of Israel back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, bringing the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness all to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. (laughs) Zechariah said to the angel, Now, how can I be sure of this? After all, I am an old man, and my wife Elizabeth is also well along in years. And the angel said to him, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to give you this good news. And now... You will be silent and unable to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, (laughs) all the worshipers outside were wondering what had happened to Zechariah and why he stayed so long in the temple. 
and when he came out to them, he could not talk. They realized he must have seen a vision inside the temple because he kept making signs to them, but still remained unable to speak. So when the time of Zechariah's service was completed, he returned home to his wife, Elizabeth, and she became pregnant and remained in seclusion for five months. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown me his favor and removed my disgrace from among the people. So, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin who was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph of the house and line of David. (laughs) You might know this part. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the house of his father David, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, the descendants of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. (laughs) How can this be, Mary asked the angel, because I am a virgin. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a baby in her old age, and she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary said. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. And this is just what I would do. (laughs) Mary got ready, and she hurried off to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leapt for joy. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is this baby you will bear. But who am I? And why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said will come to pass. Then Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends from generation to generation of those who fear Him. His mighty arm performs great deeds. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their throne, but He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised to our ancestors long ago. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then she returned home. And when the time came for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and friends heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared in her joy. And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. They were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother, Elizabeth, spoke up and said, no, (laughs) he is to be called John. There's no one among your relatives with that name. And they made motions to Zechariah to ask him what he would like to name his child. So Zechariah asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's amazement, he wrote, his name is John. And immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. And everyone who saw these things was filled with amazement and astonishment. And throughout the hill country of Judea, everyone was talking about them. And everyone who heard about it wondered asking, who then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was upon him. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, for he has come to his people, and he has redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us through his servant David, just as he promised through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and the hands of those who hate us, remembering to be merciful to his servant Israel, to keep his holy covenant, the oath he promised to our ancestors, to rescue us from our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare a way for him, giving his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun comes to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the paths of peace. And the child grew and became strong, and he lived in the desert until the time came for him to appear publicly to Israel. So at this point, I am going to interrupt Luke a little bit and head over to the Gospel of Matthew because I just feel like this perspective is really important to share. He says it this way. um, He says, this then is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, who belonged to the house and line of David. But before they could come together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. But Joseph was a good man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But before he could do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, for what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people 
from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been said through the prophet, Behold, a virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So that's Joseph's perspective. So we'll flip on back over to Luke now. And it picks back up like this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to his hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. You already know what the angel says, right? But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds looked at one another and said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child and all who heard it were filled with awe. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising him for all that they had seen and heard. And that's about the end of the Christmas story. <laughs> it is, of course, not at all the end of Jesus's story. Um, all of these prophecies, according to the Gospels, did come to pass. And, you know, that's what we celebrate at other times of the year. But again, for me, I think that, again, as I just treasured these things, as I pondered them this season, they just brought me so much joy. <laughs> Good news of great joy and it never stops surprising me how beautiful this story is. So I wanted to share it this year. If you're still listening, thank you so much. Definitely listen to the annual Christmas pudding recipe uh, episode um, where we talk about, you know, the family that, that, that gave me this tradition. And uh, that's it. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. 
I can't wait to come back in the new year with a guest, lots and lots of guests um, that I'm so excited to share with you. That's it. Have a great day, guys.